This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. So you know I have a, uh, a son in college. Mm-hmm. And Wait, hold on. Yeah. You just did the air quotes. You didn't, you didn't actually do the air quotes, <laughs> but when you said college, it was like in college. Okay. Well, he's at Northern Illinois University. Right. It's a real college. Oh, of course. You know, yeah. Um, but he, um, he's like every other college student. He's scraping by on mm-hmm. pennies here and yeah, there. Oh, he's got sure. no money at right. all. Yeah, ramen noodles. and the Yeah. Money. Right. In fact, he called us uh, about two weeks ago saying, you know, he's about to run out of money. And, you know, please, uh, any any help we can give. So I, I tell you that as a backdrop to tell you how upset I was last night when he called me yeah. to tell me that he had won a big bet on the Super Bowl. <laughs> because... <laughs> Like, dude, you have no money. He goes, yeah. I've got money now. <laughs> yeah, right. It's, Rick, it's only a problem if you lose. <laughs> you, know what, you know what he bet on? He bet on the coin flip. Oh, I did He too. bet 75 bucks on it. Oh, see, I only bet 10. Yeah, no, you only five. bet 10 no, or five, five and right. you have money. Uh-oh. He has no money at all. None. I cannot. When is He's he like eating shoelaces <laughs> for dinner. <laughs> well, well, the little, what are the little... Nib not niblets. What are the things on the? the yeah, uh, I don't know the, the tiblets the, or whatever right, they're called. Yeah. That, that's fiber, buddy. It's a delicious. Uh, um, well, he so he turns twenty one September like nineteenth. Tw- nineteenth. Yeah. On September twentieth, I'm taking to the poker. Oh, room. great! I'm that's gonna, so great. I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. introduce him to Fat Ali. Oh my god! And Volcano Joe oh. and Tibbles. You know, he's going to be hooked. He'll be, but it'll be fine, Rick. I'll, you know, it's I've got a system. Is I am not a gambler at right, all. Right. Bridget is not a gambler at all. We have no gamblers yeah. in my family at all. And where does this kid come from? Well, so when you say you're not a gambler, what was your career? Well, good point. Radio. Right, yeah, good point. <laughs> all right, you got me there. All right, it's time for Minutia Men. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opie production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia, Minutia Man, Man with Rick and Dave. I mean, seventy-five bucks. Yeah, that that's that's a pretty. Well, did he bet anything? So here's a little another little tip for you. Yeah. Uh, they're only going to tell you when they win. Well, that's the thing. I always say that to them too. I said, yeah, huh, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. Tell yeah. me, tell yeah. me when you lost the seventy-five bucks yeah. on the color of the Gatorade. The next time you talk to somebody who just came back from Vegas who said they lost money, yeah, it, it will be, be the, the first. first time, right? And and that and I've walked on their gold-paved streets in in Las Vegas. <laughs> that doesn't come from nowhere. Uh, the uh, I the, the stupidest bet that I ever made was actually while I was playing poker. Um, this is years ago at the horseshoe and they had a waiting list. Okay. Yeah. And we each, everybody at the table goes, okay, what's the, um, with the next person that's going to be on the waiting list, um, is their last name going to start with whatever, oh a, a to Z, A to B, whatever. Oh and we all threw 25 bucks in and I didn't win. So that was the, yeah, that was stupid. <laughs> that was absolutely the most, but some guy ended up winning 300 bucks. Cause you know, the guy's name was N or whatever. Well, so, you know, before we uh, get started here, Dave, uh, I think this is our, either our 302nd or 303rd mm-hmm. episode mm-hmm. ever of mm-hmm. this show. And I think traditionally, when shows reach that mark, mm-hmm. the 302 or 303 mm-hmm. mark, they do special episodes. Okay. And this is going to be a special, a very special episode. Okay. Of Minutia Men. 302 is usually the one. Right? 302, I think it is. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And uh, this one's going to be an all Jenkins episode. Oh, my gosh. Of uh, 
Well, I right. just feigned surprise. I knew that. <laughs> I know, because you <laughs> sent I got me the two, list right here. You sent me two Jenkins stories, <laughs> and so I knew that you had two Jenkins stories, so I got two Jenkins so stories. So it's an all Jenkins? All Jenkins, okay. all the time. Well, then get that jingle ready, because we're going to oh, play it's it. It's ready. We're going to play it up teen times. Should I play it right now? Sure. When you're on the job and you're not doing it right. Jenkins! Time now for Dave to share stories of employee screw-ups. Jenkins! It could only be Jenkins! Jenkins! With Rick and Dave. Jenkins! McDonald's to take down tasteless tasteless McCrispy advertisement after it appears opposite a crematorium. <laughs> McDonald's is set to remove an advert. Can we post the picture of this for people to see? Because you got to see the picture to really appreciate how bad this is. Uh, This comes out of uh, England, by the way, because the article spelled instead of advertisement, they call it advert. Right. I knew that. Uh, McDonald's is set to remove an advert for its McCrispy Burger. Actually, is McCrispy Burger even available in the States? I've never heard of it. I've never heard. Uh, After it was rather unfortunately positioned opposite a crematorium. Uh, the ad from the fast food chain ended up on a bus stop directly across the Penmount Crematorium in Cornwall and right next to a sign pointing to the crematorium. While the unintended placement was largely met with hilarity, some expressed concern that it could cause offense, and they spelled offense O-F-F-E-N-C-E, uh, Cornwell Live reports. One person who saw the funny side vowed, if I was, ever fr- uh, if I was from there and getting cremated, I'd make sure that my funeral plans would purposely drive by the sign. Okay, so that's somebody who took it with, you know. Um, Here's somebody else that admitted, uh, this has been the best laugh today. My mom, again, mom, Uh, was cremated here last month, and she would have found this hilarious. Okay, but England has some of their grumpy gusses, too. Do they? Yeah, however, not everyone found this coincidence funny. Sally Fireson, a lifelong Cornwall resident, told Cornwell Live that this is inexcusable. Not only should someone lose their job, but I think McDonald's should be held accountable and pay settlements to all who suffered mental anguish over this travesty. News alert to McDonald's. Death is not funny. (laughs) McDonald's has apologized and is offering free shamrock shakes to all residents on February 20th. Mm. Yeah. So uh, that's something. So this is not the first time that a you know a pro an unfortunate product or advertisement placement yeah in the world I'm sure that's, you see it all the time I've true. got a couple of kind of funny examples okay in Nashville Tennessee a billboard for Henley's adult video store boasted thousands of raunchy triple X titles yeah and you know the billboard right next to it. What? was for St. Alfonso Church that said, Jesus is watching. <laughs> okay. In Billings, Montana, a billboard for Reynolds Fine Dining read, we're perfect for Mother's Day. Uh-huh. Right next to a billboard for Friends Farms that read, footlong cucumbers now in stock. Okay. okay? Wow. And, fin- and finally, right here in uh, our backyard of Dixon, Illinois, uh-huh. not really our backyard, a billboard for Dermatex sunscreen read, my sister accidentally killed herself. Right next to a billboard that said for bounty paper towels that read, oopsie. Oh, wow. <laughs> so there wow. you go. So there you go. Well, you know, the story was about ashes, right? Right. Um, have I ever told you the story about the uh, John Landecker and his father's ashes? No, but that's a children's book, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it should be. Um, when I was with John's show and he was on WJMK, mm-hmm. his father passed away and... 
he uh, he was sent the ashes, and it came in like a uh, you know a cardboard box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. right, you, right. You would think it would be kind of foil embossed or something. Right. It's just like UPS. No, right? like a baggie. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. In, a baggie inside a cardboard box. box. Yeah. And he put it up on the shelf yeah. in the office, and you know, like I'll get I'll get around him. Yeah. getting it someday. Um, and then a few weeks later, it was take your parents to work day. <laughs> and John thought it would be funny right. to bring his father's ashes into the studio. The, into the studio. And by then he had taken the um, the baggie out and okay. he had just had the box. Okay. So it was like a wacky okay, bitch, sure. right? Um, on the air live, he opens the box. He goes, oh, wait, there's still some stuff in here. And he blew into the box and ashes flew out and covering the studio and all of us squealed and screamed uh, except for John who was on the floor laughing sure. his butt up because what he had done is gone to the coffee room and put like Splenda in there and uh, and uh, yeah, you know like sugar yeah. Yeah, packets yeah, yeah. and stuff and so it was all just a bit yeah. uh, but we freaked out. Like, oh my God, your father's ashes aren't going all over the studio. <laughs> I just snorted your ass. <laughs> what was his name? Uh, not Wilfred. Uh, Werner. Werner, yeah. 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 <laughs> so yeah. I have a similar story, not quite as funny as that. Um, one of my buddies, one of my print shop buddies, um, I would go to his, and you've been to print shops, right? Yeah. There's just stuff all over the right. place, right? Yeah. I mean, there's ink and you know boxes and paper and what right. i love that smell you know <laughs> i can still remember the smell and so i go to lee at northwest premier printing great printer by the way if anybody in the local area okay. wants to go to lee and he, he said yeah sit over there where we always you know shot the shit and there was this big box there and i'm or not a big box actually it was like a yeah like, like a, a bowling ball, ball. yeah, yeah right. like a like yeah. a bowling ball and he and he and he and i put it over and i'm like what is this this is really heavy and he goes, well, look inside. And I look inside. And I'm like, oh, what is this? He goes, yeah, that's my dad. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. I, you know, I still think that's the way to go. But uh, anyway. All right. I have a uh, jank. Oh, can we play it? Should we play it every time? Sure. All right. Here we go. When you're on the job and you're not doing it right. Jenkins! Time now for Dave to share stories of employee screw-ups. Jenkins! It could only be. Jenkins! Jenkins. With Rick and Dave. Jenkins! Yeah, I forgot. It said Dave in there. Am I allowed to use it too? Is sure. it Jenkins? Well, Vinny or? screwed up. He yeah. should have done the he Vinny's as a Jenkins for not yeah. making it in there. <laughs> so I have a story that I think also comes from England. Um, have you ever made a serious breach of office etiquette that made you want to call in sick? You know, just something around the office. Well, this hilarious conversation on Twitter as people sharing their stories of times they've screwed up in the workplace and ended up looking pretty unprofessional. These are all basically email or text-related mm -hmm. stories. Uh, one user named Maurice started off the story round with the time he was annoyed when a business contact spelled his name wrong. He called him out on it, mm -hmm. called him out on it, and then they What's told him his name was Maurice. Yeah, I don't like him. <laughs> and the guy that uh, he called said, why, why don't you look at your email? And he looked at his email and he had spelled his own name wrong. <laughs> yeah, okay. And so, and he was in the process of like calling him out for yeah, it. Yeah. So he felt guilty, put this story out there, and then people responded to With it. With all and, the other, okay. Yes. Now, here are some of the other ones. And, and there are hundreds of them. Yeah. But here's just a few of them. Um, this one's from Jane. Uh, on a Friday, just before finishing work, I had a flurry of emails with a client named Stan. 
signing off, he emailed, have a great weekend. And I hurriedly replied, you too, Satan. (laughs) So close. So close. Uh, You know. Heather Heather Jones uh, wrote, I wrote pubic once instead of public in an article about Bill Cosby. (laughs) Whoops. That's not good. Um, N-O-G-R wrote, LOL, this just reminded me of the time my coworker sent an email to our boss and copied the entire department requesting a sick day, except that he typoed a D where the S should go. <laughs> well, if they were in a blue state, that's fine. <laughs> Here's another one. This one's from Amrit. Feel your pain. I sent an email asking my board colleagues to copulate a word table <laughs> document instead of populate. <laughs> and then here's my all-time favorite from Shell. I once texted my boss a couple of questions. She answered the first, and to the second, she replied, I'll be meeting with Mary and Ann today to discuss that. My reply, thank you for getting back to me on those two counts. Except I forgot the O. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, well, you know yeah. that public pubic thing? Yeah. I did that on an email for Eckhart's Press once. Did you really? Yeah, it was for one of our... Uh, it was. Should you be telling me this? It was, yeah. Well, no one... I don't... No one ever... It was open to the public, right? Yeah. For, it was one of our book signings. And it was wrote, open to the pubic? <laughs> it was open to the... And I don't think anybody noticed it. Wow. Meaning that no one reads our emails. <laughs> That's not a good sign, yeah. probably. Hey, we got a review. Okay. Phil Six. On Podbean. All right. Love the brush with greatness stories. You're right. Everyone has one. That's it. Okay. Well, hey, listen, you can rate us. You can review us. You can follow us. If you like Minutia Men, then be sure to pick out uh, something else on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. You can pick out your favorite new show, opishows.com. Remember that opi is hippo backwards, O-P-P-I-H-Shows.com. Time for another feature. Time now for Studio Walls. And the words of the prophets were written on the studio walls. All right, so it's not technically all Jenkins. We still do the Studio Walls segment. And uh, And then we're going to also do... We'll do the celebrity story thing that uh, your reviewer just talked about, too. And that's not a Jenkins. Right, so... All right. And then we're going to do the tease... Yeah, and that's also not Jenkins. <laughs> All right, so it's not an all-Jenkins show, but it's close enough. Uh, this week in 1968, the Beatles packed up their stuff and went down to India to spend a week with the Maharishi. Mm-hmm. And we talked to somebody who was there with them just by chance, a Canadian photographer, filmmaker named Paul Salzman. And we previously played a clip of that uh, of the moment that he saw the Beatles. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's a great story. You should go check it out, uh, episode 88. Uh, Today, I'm going to uh, play a different portion of the interview, and this is the part where he, where they decided that it was okay for him to take pictures. Okay. And uh, let me see if I can find that for you. It's right here, and it's it's about five minutes, but it's it's really it's Beatles. (laughs) Top that. Here we go. But yeah, I I noticed them taking pictures of each other, like a family outing, and after a few days. I asked each of them individually, and I did it just because I was relating to them as individuals. I said to each of them when I had a moment alone with each, I said, do you mind if I take pictures? And each of them said, oh, take as many as you like, because I'm now part of the group, right? Right. right. So what, what happened was, again, you know, I've had people when I'm interviewed say, did you know it was a historic time? No, I was just right. in the middle of this flow of this experience. So I, I had a camera. You know, they had their 
they all had their high-end Nikons. I had my cheapest of the line Pentax, but it worked, which is good. Thank God, right? Yeah. Thank God. And I had lots, I had lots of film because I thought I was maybe going to go around the world. You know, I thought after India, maybe I'll keep traveling. So I had lots of film. And, but I only took out my camera twice because I didn't think about it. And I only, wow. took I only took 54 colored slides, of which uh, I took 72 colored slides, of which 54 of them have anyone famous, Donovan or Mal or, or uh That's a pretty good wise. ratio. 54 for 72 <laughs> right, exactly. is pretty good. <laughs> yeah. And then, and, then I, um, and then I came home. When I was leaving, by the way, it was very dear. I went back to the table by the cliff. I had packed up. Um, Ringo was leaving the same day. Mal Evans called two taxis. There was a road to get to the ashram if you came around the mountains the long way. You know, walking down the river and climbing the cliff was the short way. <laughs> right, exactly. But there was a, a road. And so <clears throat> Mal was sent to call two taxis. And as I'm saying goodbye, um, I say goodbye. And it's all very warm because we were just buddies. Yeah. The whole the whole 12 of them all 12 of them were very dear with me they just i was part of the group you know i just and you know why guys if you think about it the fan showed up eek it's the beatles right. and then and then the fan went away yeah. and they were just yeah they, they were, were just yeah people. they were just happy to be <clears throat> with somebody that didn't think of them as who they were right yeah i never asked for anything mm -hmm. why i didn't want anything right. why i didn't think about it why because i got exactly what i went there for I got the meditation, right? Right. So I'm saying goodbye, and it's very warm, and I turn and start to walk away, and John says, hey, Paul, will you send us some of your pictures? So I turn back, and I go back to the table, and I say, sure. And Fuck Jane you. Asher, who's sitting there, says, here, take my home number. If you call Apple, you'll never get through to them. <laughs> wow. So about six months later, I have a job working on the first IMAX film. Oh. And and I'm traveling through London and I still don't have money. I'm still a kid working in the sort of, you know, assistant to the director type of jobs. I haven't yet made my first film. And I, I want to blow up a print of each of them to give them because John asked me if I would send them some of my pictures. So I go to the lab in Toronto and printing color pictures in those days of a poster size was like too much money. Oh, yes. I couldn't afford it. Right. So I said, can we print them in black and white? Guys, they looked fantastic in black and white. So I print my favorite portrait of each of them. I take them to London where I'm working for a few days. I call Jane on her home number. We meet for a cup of tea in Kensington for half an hour. She is a very dear person and a very bright person. She wouldn't talk to me for my first book or my second book or my film. It was like, go away. Wow. She doesn't want she left that world behind, yeah. right? Okay. She left that world behind. So we meet for half an hour. We have a lovely chat. I give her the rolled up pictures. She says I'll give them to them. And I think to myself about giving her my calling card. And honest to God, I have this thought. I think those guys don't need new friends. Their lives are crazy. Mm. So I didn't even give her my calling card. And that was it. So I presume she passed them on, but I need to tell you what happened next. Am, am I taking too much of your time? No, no, go ahead. What happened next in this magic, and again, I want to say magic is available to everyone on the planet. And among all of our problems, if we can just stay in our hearts, 
the universe just gives us gifts. It really does. And <clears throat> so I'm, I'm in London, right? And I say goodbye to her and her taxi pulls away. And I call it and I wave a taxi down. And I go to this address. And I go to the address. I don't know what it is because a friend who was working at the film board, who was a production manager, and I had stayed in touch. And when he knew I was coming to London, he said, hey, come and see me. Come to this address at this time on this day, same day. So I go to the address and it turns out to be uh, George Martin's Look, Listen Productions, a little building in Soho, if I remember right, I'm not sure. And I get out of the taxi and I walk in and my friend, his name is Bob Bayless, introduces me to two guys who turn out to be the editor and the assistant editor of a new movie. And I'm being then I'm with them and the four of us are going to go into a screening room. We're going to screen this new movie. So we go down the hall. We go into this small screening room with about 10 seats and we sit down. One of them, one of the I forget the editor, the assistant there puts up, pulls out a big fat joint. <laughs> <laughs> In the days that you rolled big fat right. joints. Yeah, sure, sure. And you pass them around. Right. Right. You, like, yeah. There yeah. was only one. You passed it around. You can't do that during COVID anymore. Right, can, exactly. Yeah. The pandemic has ruined that. <laughs> it's the, it is ruined. The lights go down, and what starts to play is the first release print of Yellow Submarine. God. Can you, what a, I mean, this is all by chance. Right. Um, I'm trying to put you in that position. Oh, my God. I have a feeling you would not be nearly as cool as Paul was, you know? No, there's uh, no chance. <laughs> yeah. There is no chance. I would have just been a little blubbering fool. Uh, that was yeah. a, and I, that was a great interview. Yeah. Uh, and he uh, was a wonderful guy. Super nice. Yeah. Uh, it's, if you want to check it out, it's uh, Minutia Men Celebrity Interview, episode number 88. And his movie is The Beatles in India. Isn't that what it's yep. called? Yep. And there's two books also yeah. about uh, that. And, and you can see all the pictures that he took there. Yeah, beautiful. Hey. Oh, um, wait. What? What? When you're on the job and you're not doing it right. Jenkins! Time now for Dave to share stories of employee screw-ups. Jenkins! It could only be... Jenkins! Jenkins! With Rick and Dave. Jenkins! Metric mis mishap caused loss of NASA orbiter. Okay. NASA lost a $125 million Mars orbiter because a Lockheed Martin engineering team used English units of measurement <laughs> while the agency's team used the more conventional metric system. For, <laughs> this is a real Jenkins here. This, for is, a key this is very bad. The unit's mismatch prevented the navigation information from transferring between the Mars Climate Orbiter spacecraft team uh -huh. Uh, in Denver, and the flight team at NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory in Pasadena, California. So we're not even talking cross. Yeah. It, it's all it's all America. This baby. is American <laughs> on American crime. <laughs> Lockheed Martin helped build, develop, and operate the spacecraft for NASA. Uh, no one is pointing fingers at Lockheed Martin, said Tom Gavin, the JPL administrator, to whom all project managers report. First of all, that's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of fingers being pointed. Um, the navigation mishap killed the mission, and they the, the the engine misfire or fired at the wrong time. It went like it's like skipped off the atmosphere oh. in Mars, and Whoops. it's now somewhere uh, that they don't know. In fact, his quote was. Uh, um, it's likely plowed through the atmosphere, continued out beyond Mars, and now could be orbiting the sun, he said. Who knows? <laughs> or maybe it's one of these things that's floating <laughs> right, exactly. uh, all it's over the right, country right. here. Uh, so, um, 
again, you know that the guy who did this is yeah. totally getting shit oh my every, God. every day. It's going to be, you know, I'm sure people are saying like, hey, ju- don't judge Jenkins until you walk 1.6 kilometers in his <laughs> shoes, right? You know that there's jokes left and right. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> I, that that's a real bad one. Um, <laughs> but I, I'm surprised that doesn't happen more often. To be I have another metric system. Oh, check, okay. Right? Yeah. Why does North Korea use the metric system? Now, don't answer yet. I don't Think know. about it. Why yeah. does North Korea use the metric system? I don't know. How else will they have a supreme leader? Oh, boy. Right. Ouch. I Oof. could have done a Oof. red state nine millimeter joke, but I'm not going to do it. Okay. okay. Wow. Okay. That was a bad one. All right. Well, hey, I've got a story for you. When you're on the job and you're not doing it right. Jenkins! Time now for Dave to share stories of employee screw-ups. Jenkins! It could only be... Jenkins! Jenkins! With Rick and Dave. Jenkins! So, uh, this is actually a pretty short story. Um, <laughs> it's about a product that uh, has come out. It's a Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. <clears throat> now, you you remember the... The Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I had daughters, and yeah. we missed it. Right, we were a little. Yeah, my well, my two oldest sons were them, into this. Right, actually, just Johnny, my okay. middle son, he loved the Power Rangers. That was just huge for him. Yeah, I know who they are. Yeah, and um, you John, know there Paul, are George and Ringo. Right, there are the regular Power Rangers, the yellow, red, blue, or whatever. Mm. You know, and Tinky then, Winky, and then there are the bad guys and the uh, monsters that they fight. And they sell these all as action figures. Mm-hmm. Well, one of them is called Titanus. Okay. Okay. And it was on sale okay. for a while. And the problem with Titanus yeah. is when they put the packaging together, Titanus has a long tail. Okay. And his long tail came right between the <laughs> T and the A in Titanus. Okay, let me so, let me break that down. I'm not a wordsmith, but I think I pretty much understand what's going on here. So there are kids all over America that have a box that says tit anus, which, uh, you know, it actually makes me think of the uh, uh, Celebrity Jeopardy bit that they used to do on SNL. Oh, with and, uh, Sean Connery? Sean Connery, <laughs> yeah. he would always find different... <laughs> I'll have anus for my 500. Uh, anyway, that's uh, this week's uh, Jenkins Palooza. Yeah. But it's not the only thing we do here. No. We still do this. A random name pulled out of Rick's bowl of brushes with celebrities. Mixture. Collection. Selection. Assemblage. Medley. Assortment. Variety. Time now for Celebrity Potpourri with Rick and Dave. So, you know, actually, now that I think of it, this is kind of a Jenkins story, too. Okay. Uh, um, this is f- an email from a listener named Skinny Pete. Oh, Skinny Pete. My wife told me that Adam Scott. Do you think Skinny Pete yeah, is skinny? I think it might be ironic. Okay. Because like. Because he's uh, probably around our age. Well, yeah. actually, I don't know. Based on this story, he might be younger than us. Right. Uh, my wife told me that at, and he's married. So maybe he really is Skinny Pete. You know, or he's married and yeah, doesn't and that care. became not so skinny. <laughs> right. My wife told me that Adam Scott would be coming by her office to talk to her boss, who's a a big wig financial consultant. I really love the show Parks and Recreation, so I plotted a chance to surprise her at the office at the exact moment yeah. Scott was supposed to arrive. Now I must admit, I had to look him up. He's I, the uh, um. He's one of the admin. Yeah, I know who he is. Yeah, he's yeah. A, he was in Severance that just came out right, right, recently. Right. Anyway, yeah. So I I brought along a Parks and Rec DVD and had it in my briefcase, and I was going to ask him to sign it. 
Well, here's something you should know about my wife. She had been told that Scott was a celebrity, but she honestly had no idea who he was, like me. Turns out she really didn't know. When I got to her desk, she asked if I wanted to be introduced to Adam Scott. I said, absolutely. She tapped the guy next to her. Adam, this is my husband, Pete. Pete, this is Adam. It was Adam Scott, all right. Adam Scott, the golfer. Uh, (laughs) Not Adam Scott, the actor. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I had to look him up too. <laughs> Adam's got the golfer. He's like he's a big. He's one of the top golfers yeah. in the world. I had never heard of him either. Ah, but there you go. That's our that's our celebrity potpourri did, story. Did I tell you the um, George Lucas story? No. I, have I never told the no. George Lucas story? Okay, this reminds me. So I'm at Toys R Us. Yeah, on Addison and Western. There's no. It's no. I don't. Are there even Toys R Us? I don't think so. I think, I think Amazon. Yeah. Yeah, blasted through all right. those people, um, and I'm just and Aaron at the time was really into Star Wars. Okay. I'm just like really into Star Wars, so we I ended up getting like a Lego set of I don't know the X fighter or I don't know what right. the hell it was tit anus. <laughs> it was the tit anus, right? Yeah. So I go there and I'm in line right next to a man who was just an older man didn't yeah. think anything of it. I was right next to him in line. In fact, he even asked me. To give him the, there was like a, you know, the little bar things that you do to separate your yeah, order from yeah, the other yeah. guy. So he's like, hey, excuse me, and whatever. I'm like, oh, there yeah. You. Um, and he goes and he leaves. And then the woman goes to me and goes, do you know who that was? I'm like, I have no idea. He was very nice. Said, that was George Lucas, who lived in Chicago for a long time. Oh, I didn't even know yeah. he lived in Chicago. So it was George Lucas. And I'm literally buying a Star Wars thing. <laughs> I'm like, shit, you know. And then I run out. I couldn't find him. And I could, I mean, if I would have known, I'm like, hey, would you buy an autograph? Huh. This proves your point that, <laughs> that everybody has a celebrity story. Well, but how many everybody. of them are people that you don't know? Right, yeah. that, that they're celebrities. I'm, I'm sure there's others. I mean, you're going to go to the Boston market today, and no one's going to know who you are. <laughs> yeah, and I'm a huge celebrity. <laughs> well, that so be sure to send us your stories. Uh, we like to share them with uh, with the listeners, and uh, everybody's got a story. Mm-hmm. So we also have another show that mm-hmm. we run that's called Minutia Men Celebrity Interview, which, by the way, is like number not, number nine in Pakistan right now. Yeah, you showed me that. That's, that's how did that happen? I don't know. Well, All right. Well, hey, whatever. You're not number nine in the U.S. Uh, why don't you tell everybody who was on the show this week? So Steve Moore, uh, you probably don't know the name, but chances are that you know who he is because you probably saw his video uh, back, I don't know, eight, ten years ago. He was the drummer in that gold tuxedo. Do you remember that? Yeah, I of do. Co- well, of course you do. Uh, who has over 50 million views. And he was <laughs> this guy who really is. He's he known was, as the mad drummer. And he's like Keith Moon on crack. Yeah. Right. Uh, and he was playing this gig that you would not think of this <laughs> right. guy would be at. And he shot to literally worldwide fame with 50 million views. Right. He was on the office and very nice guy. Um, and we ended up talking to him about his meteoric rise to fame. Yeah, it's a fun it's a fun conversation. Go check it out. It's a Minutia Men celebrity interview, and it's up there right now. Uh, we have to thank uh, people here. We've got a special. Jenkins. Th- We'd like to first thank of Jenkins. All, <laughs> thanks, Jenkins. Yeah. Thanks, Vince, for creating yeah. the Jenkins jingle. <laughs> yep. Um, special thanks to our executive producer, Tony Lasano with opishows.com. Opie is hippo backwards. O-P-P-I-H shows.com. We're distributed by Ed Silla with Radio Misfits. Great Talk Radio isn't dead, Dave. It's just moved to a better place. Radio Misfits. So it's dot com. Was it cremated? 
Uh, perhaps. Uh, oh, perhaps. Uh, and we'll be back again next week with a brand new episode of Minutia Man. The preceding was a presentation of Opie Productions. Find our other great shows wherever you find podcasts, including opishows.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Opie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? Fuck you, John. <laughs>